Today on the Word of Truth Revealed. I could see it in his soul that when I gave him instruction, he would be the kind of one that would set, he would, he would establish generational continuity. Everything I taught him, he would teach his sons. And then his sons would teach their sons. And their sons would, he would set that in motion. with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. Today, we're continuing with the message we began earlier this week, where Bishop Clark uses Galatians chapter 2, verse number 16, as the background scripture for part two of the message in the Pillars of Salvation series, Reunited with God in Christ. Verse 3, though we wish to dispute with him, he could not answer him. He could not answer him one time out of a thousand. Who can argue with God and say, I deserve to be right. I deserve to go to heaven without the intervention of his son, Jesus. I like Romans chapter four and verse two. If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Stop right there. Before he did anything, he put his confidence in God. And really, what has happened over the years, many of us have put our confidence in religion. We put our confidence in religion. We're on the usher board or in the choir, doing what God wants us to do. I'm serving the Lord. But put your confidence in Jesus. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him. Put it in his account as righteousness. Abraham believed God. I said it before, Abraham was never known for intellect. He doesn't write one, one book in the Bible. He's not known for his intellect. Actually, he's a mediocre type guy. What, what brings him out, what, what makes him special is his faith in God. Moses actually writes the book of Genesis, not, not Abraham. I want you to think about that. He wouldn't be the one that can carry on some deep, long conversation. This is what God said. I chose him because he believed me and I knew that he would command his children. I could see it in his soul that when I gave him instruction, he would be the kind of one that would set. He would he would establish generational continuity. Everything I taught him, he would teach his sons and then his sons would teach their sons and their sons would. He would set that in motion. That's why Abraham is great. Glory to God. And God don't want you to know him by being strong. The Bible don't describe him as being strong and very fair or nice looking. It just says he believed God. And God put it in his account, credited his account as righteousness. And he is then called the father of faith. Glory to God. The book of Hebrews says Sarah, not Mary. Sarah is our mother. Sarah. Sarah. 
A woman who believed God and God gave her strength to give birth at the 80 years old. Wasn't because she had physical ability. She was dry and wrinkled. But God said she believed me and I gave her the promise. It's the faith that she had. Not something special about it. It wasn't about her beauty. It was about her faithfulness and her faith in God. And so when you read the scriptures, a lot of people are going after Mary. But look what the scripture says. It is Sarah who is our mother of faith. Follow what she does. Thank you, Lord. I like Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, of the good news. Don't be ashamed of letting people know that they're reconciled to God. Even from... Uh, uh, Pharisees, modern day Pharisees that would say, well, no, you got to, you got, got to go back and tarry. No, you tarry then. Now we have faith in God. We have more knowledge about what the scriptures say. All tarry means is to wait. That's what it means to wait. Wait on the Lord. They waited in the upper room. They didn't sit there and say, Jesus, 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 real fast. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. In the upper room. They just they didn't say Jesus. He we tied the scripture in. He that calls on the name of the Lord shall be come on, call him. Call him, baby. Call him. Call him. Well, that in that ignorance, God still moved because you did call his name. But it's not necessary. Because they're looking for the work. Call him. If you call him, if you call him, he'll come. I can whisper his name and he'll come. Actually, the Jews understood this so much they wouldn't even say Jehovah. It's Jehovah. They would abbreviate the name because they felt if they called his name, he would show up. That's the kind of faith you need. That if I call him, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know he's coming. Glory to God. That's the kind of faith you need in God. I don't have to shout him. He can hear it. He can hear a whisper. Sarah didn't shout when she laughed. Glory to God. Your wife will bring forth a baby about this time next year. She was in the tent. <laughs> she didn't shout out, what? She didn't ma did, what? What are you talking about? She didn't do that. She whispered it. The Holy Ghost said, why does Sarah laugh? Why do you laugh? She said, he said, I heard you laugh. I heard you. But I tell you what, I'm, even though you laugh and doubt it, I'm still going to work it in your life. That's the kind of God we're talking about. Thank you, God. Not about what we do. Now, there are times when the wailing women should wail. And then there are times when you need to whisper. Because the Bible says Elijah saw an earthquake. He saw fire and the wind blowing, but God was in none of it. He was in the still, small voice. And you got to learn how to shift gears. Because sometimes he's not in the shout. He's in the still, small voice. And you got to get quiet to hear it. Can the church say amen? amen. That's why I'm glad you'll never put Jesus in the box. Sometimes he healed by laying his hands. Peter let his shadow pass over them. Sometimes he spat on the ground and put plaster on their eyes. In modern day church, we will run away from that kind of God. But he's trying to show you, you can never legislate. You can never put God in a box and say he has to do it this way. He does what he wants to do. Glory to God. But it never conflicts with the word. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. There's no specification here. If you believe the gospel, salvation comes to you. He said first to the Jews. That means it came to them first. But John, the revelator, said he came to his own, but his own didn't receive him. But to as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of the God. So for the Jew first, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. This is the righteousness that wasn't revealed in the Old Testament. This is the righteousness that many of the church folk in the 21st century has jumped past. There is a righteousness revealed in the good news of Jesus Christ that was never revealed before. Before A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. The just, just as it is written, the just shall live. The righteous shall live by faith. Can the church say amen? Hosea, I'm sorry, Habakkuk said it, and now we're living in it. The just shall live by faith. Even your righteousness needs to have a segment. You need to understand it. The bedrock of righteousness starts with your belief in Jesus. Not on your do's and don'ts, but in your belief in Jesus. From there, we begin to do good works. Some people push Jesus to the curb. I was talking to some Seventh-day Adventist. That's not a put down on anyone who is former Seventh-day Adventist. But what they were trying to share with me is that we must go back to Sabbath teaching. And what I was trying to say to them, Jesus is a New Testament Sabbath. They could not hear that. They could not hear that. No, the Bible says. The Bible says keep the Sabbath. I said, and you're talking law to me. You're speaking about law, but there is a righteousness revealed from faith to faith for the just. The just as if I'd shall live by faith. So you want to go back to a day. Let's go back to the day. On the seventh day when God reconstructed the world, he rested, right? Did he rest to go back to work? Or is his rest perpetual? He finished the work. So why did he go back to work on the eighth day? The Bible says he's now working because he saw something disturbed in his world. When man sinned, it aroused him out of his rest. I want y'all to get this now. He's resting perpetually. I finished it. It is good and very good. But when man sinned, he's aroused and he has to come back now to work again. And he's walking through the garden in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you at? Where are you at, Adam? I didn't make you to hide. Where are you? What I made is not before me. Now he's got to work again. Knowing that he had to work, he already slew Jesus from the foundation of the world. But to cover their sins, because it wasn't the fullness of time, he killed an animal himself, took the skin and covered their skin. Why would he have to work? He's God. So how can you tell me there's a day of rest when God was disturbed out of that rest? The rest is a person, not a day. Get this in your soul. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you sabbath. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 says they tried to enter into that rest but never entered into it. Glory to God. 
So why would you go for that rest that they never entered into? It's superficial. The rest is in a person. And his name is Jesus. And when you have him, you can rest from your labor. Come unto me, all you that labor, trying to be religious, trying to get yourself together without me. And are heavy laden with your own burden, trying to observe the law, but still coming up short. For I will give you Sabbath. We got to preach Jesus. Come on. Talk about Jesus. Not the problem. I'm talking to a lady right now. that's always sending me things about witchcraft. I'm like I don't teach witchcraft lady. She said well I'm not talking to you. Every time you send me a message. It's about witchcraft and false teachers. and all. Listen stop talking about all that. Start preaching the remedy. The remedy is Christ Jesus. Why are you still trying to highlight the darkness in the streets? We already know it's dark out there. What we need is the light. Shine the light. Amen. Shine the light. Come on. That's where the, that's where the righteousness is. Y'all pray for me. A door is opening for me to, to minister um, sometime this month before Christmas uh, to uh, a group of people that are not a part of our religion. They want me to talk to them about the birth of Jesus. This is a major door. I'm talking about Buddhism. Islam, all of these mixtures, a mixture of, uh, of religions, uh, 140 acres of land, uh, smearing themselves with ash and throwing uh, rice in the fire. And they asked me to come in and talk to them about what I'm talking to you about, Jesus. And you can be free. All because I came in and they asked me to be a part of it. I didn't really know what was going on. And they asked me to give a blessing and I read out of 1 Corinthians 13, though I have the tongue of men and of angels and have not love. And then weeping started happening. Where, where did you find that? Where, where, where is that writing? I said, it's scripture. And on my way out, here's this girl all dressed in, in monk garb. And she said, is that, is that the Bible? I said, you speak the language of the Christian." Somebody's praying for you. He sent me here for you. When God, when you are bought with a price, I don't care. You can smear your face. You can paint your face. He's going to send somebody. That, that he's married to you. I said, that's somebody's baby. Maybe she got hurt. Trying to find some type of way of dealing with her pain. But when I came out of the book of 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind. She said, is that the Bible? I said, you speak the language of the believers. He sent me for you. Kept walking. Thank you, Jesus. Don't play with When you know Jesus, stick with him. I don't care what happened. I don't care how this boat shifts in the waves. I don't care how this roller coaster takes sharp turns. Stick with it. It's the only thing rolling. Stick with it. Stay on board. Somebody, unless you abide in the ship, you will all likewise perish. That's what Paul said to them. My God, there's a storm. We got to get out of here and save our lives. Paul said, I spoke to God last night. You should have listened to me before you sailed. But you didn't listen. He gave me a word. Not one of you will be lost. But you must abide in the ship. 
except you abide in the ship, you will all likewise perish. It was a metaphor. The ship is a type of church. You must stick with God and his plan. If you get out there in the waves and get out there in the sea on your own, you're going to miss God. Hallelujah. But if you stick with his plan, stick with reconciliation, you're going to be able to last every storm. Outlast every storm. Can the church say amen? amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Starting to feel my help tonight. Glory to God. John chapter 20. Verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may live or have life in his name. How simple can you be? The things were written that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ. By believing you have eternal life. Believing you'll have eternal life, not by if you wear a white dress or if you don't take off all your earrings. All of that is religion. Amen. 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 In sundry time, God spoke through the prophets, but now he speaks directly through his son, who he's made heir, Hebrews 1, of all things. When we were ignorant, we listened to those things. That's all we knew. We, all we knew was Terry. But thank God he's moved the church to a place of now where we can have and exercise our faith. Now for those of you that are battling with issues and maybe you need to tarry. <laughs> Take it one step forward and three steps. You better get on your knees and cry out. Because some things can't just be uh, confessed out. You need to have it cast out. I'm talking about major strongholds, major, major strongholds. And you can't pronounce over a swamp that everything is okay when you haven't cleaned out the swamp. It's not going to be okay. It's breeding parasites. Take one cup of it out. You got to look at the other 15 million other cups. And only blood can cleanse blood. Can the church say amen? I think I shared with you all, I just, I don't know, I, I'm starting to do some washing at the house, and I was washing some of the clothes, my clothes actually, I'm washing my clothes, I know my wife wish I would wash everybody's clothes, but I was washing my clothes. I was washing my clothes, and I, I turned on the cycle, and I had to figure out how it works, because it's different. It's different. It's different from what I'm used to. It's all digital. I had, to, had different cycles on it. Casual and normal. What is normal? What is casual? Then it, another button said hot, extremely hot, warm, cold. Then I had extreme spin. I'm learning, right? So I threw my stuff in there. And, and so and when I was coming up, they used to just pour Tide on it. But they got little balls now you throw in there. So, Pollets? 
Pods? I threw the pod in there. Shut it up. And I said, I'm going to see how long this takes. So I wait, turn, on the, turn it on, and it soaked my, my clothes up. You know, I could see the water running. That took a long time. I stood there. I thought it would be done in about three minutes because it wasn't that dirty. I just wanted a fresh scent. Man, this washing machine took my stuff through so many cycles and turns. I was shocked. It took it. That lasted for 12, 15 minutes. Then it stopped, went back the other way. I started feeling sorry for my clothes. Why would it take all of that? Then it drained everything and began to rinse. Then it began to spin, but not just a little spin. I mean, I promise you I could hear my clothes screaming, please get me out. I, I thought you loved me. I thought you loved me. Forty minutes. My clothes took forty minutes to clean. Another thirty-five minutes in the dryer. And you think you can get your little heart clean? By coming to church on a Sunday. And just saying Jesus one time. Yeah, yeah. Tip God and you're out of there. On to the next one. The only thing that can cleanse the heart that way. I mean take it through the machine. Of God's grace. Is the blood of Jesus. And when his blood hits you. Your heart. How can you resist it? It's the only thing that cleanses the heart. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any double piercing, even to the division of souls of the joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent, the consciousness. Only the word of God can really get down and start washing that stuff. We need to turn our hearts over to him, right? John chapter 20, verse 21. I read it to you. Now let's go back as I close. The Galatians chapter 2, verse 17. If while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners. Now he's speaking to Peter. If we seek to be justified in Christ, then we're committing, we're confessing that we haven't made it through observing the law. You can't have both. Once Jesus is there, then you can observe the law, but it's all based on your love toward him, not based on the law first. My love to him makes me do what he called me to do. Not, 
I'm going to do these things so I can say I'm righteous. You'll never find righteousness that way. This is very powerful here. Verse 17, while we seek to be justified in Christ, it becomes evident that we ourselves are sinners. He didn't say you. He said we ourselves are sinners. Does that mean that Christ promotes sin? Of course not. Absolutely not. Verse 18. For if I rebuild what I destroy. I prove that I am a lawbreaker. I'm a transgressor. In other words. The law was destroyed through the cross. In terms of a vehicle that can get us to righteousness. In today's economic and social climate, we all have our struggles, financially and emotionally. Are you tired? Frustrated? Do you feel like the world has taken the best from you? Everyone has been right where you are at one time or another. We understand just how you feel. Let your search for hope lead you to Truth Revealed International Ministries, 2838 Palm Bay Road, Palm Bay, Florida. We are a Bible teaching and discipleship ministry dedicated to unveiling truth to the nations. Please join us Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We live stream every service on the World Wide Web at truthrevealed.org. Get excited. You don't have to wander anymore. Hope and love are waiting for you at Truth Revealed. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at The Word of Truth at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, use reference number 1807. That's reference number 1807. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, final thoughts from Bishop Clark. It is a joy to come to you weekly to share the gospel. If you would like to sow a seed into this ministry, I believe God to return to you a hundredfold return on what you would sow into the ministry into the word of truth revealed. I want you to think about that. I also would like to hear from you. I'd like for you to write me a letter or email me uh, and let me know what you think about this broadcast. I'm eager to hear from the listening audience and to know how we can best serve you. Listen, stick with the word of truth revealed. And until next time, I'll see you at Truth Revealed.